my god, Jess. What's up? What's Dude, up, you have a baby now. No. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna. Although we're recording, weird because it feels like it's still growing in my stomach. I know. So just you know, for everybody's sake, the reason we're not talking about the baby is because it hasn't been born. But this is actually probably going to come post out post birth, hopefully. Post birth, yeah. So it's sort of like moments in time where we're capturing time and space when little yeah. humans are born. So congratulations. <laughs> I mean, he's still, he's kicking me either way, so we can just pretend, right? We can just pretend, yes, exactly. Right. He's kicking good. me either way, and either way I haven't slept, oh, right. so that it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Well, good. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. next time we'll, we can just get deeper into it at some point when it's actually happening. <laughs> next time you'll just hear him making a fuss. The only difference. His exactly. big mouth is the only difference right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, right. today we're talking about... Pod fading, just in case a word Elsie made up. Well, I didn't make it up. It it actually exists, but a lot of people don't really know about it. So, pod fading is the <laughs> is when you start a podcast and then yeah. you fade and then you don't finish and then you just yeah. stopped producing and people it's are like, just, "What happened to that person?" They um, pod faded. They post. Yeah, that's so. That's the term. That's what you say. You say they pod faded. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of wish you had made it up because it's something you would think. <laughs> um, oh, they pod faded. We could make it like fetch. What do you mean fetch? It's from Mean Girls. Oh. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> happen. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, pod fading. It is a thing. Yeah, it's when you stop doing your show. And so, and so uh, I posted this. In the She Podcast group, is it was a status update from Cliff Ravenscraft, um, who people call they don't call him the Godfather of podcasting. What do they call him? He's the podcast answer man. He's the podcast answer man. Yeah, thank you. Of course. So here's the status. It says I had 50 podcasters on the waiting list for me to open up some blocks of time to be available to be interviewed as a guest on their show. Today I opened 10 blocks. Sent an email to the top ten, my top ten requests. I actually went through and evaluated all fifty requests. Would you believe that thirteen out of the fifty podcasters are no longer even producing their show anymore? Most of them had only produced less than ten episodes before giving up. Most of those were copycat podcasts that jumped on the entrepreneur daily interview format bandwagon. And that's all he wrote. That's all he wrote. Yeah. Um, And so when I posted in the group, I said, is this you? Are you following someone else's format and hoping to rake it in after a few months? And are you trying to make your show your whole business? Because it's not for everyone. It takes commitment, work, individuality, and, you know, talent. Yeah. But, man, there are a lot of copycats out there. There are. and Man alive. There are. I know. I know, but see here, I think this is a part of a larger conversation as well because, I, yeah, I agree. I agree there are a lot of copycats, and oh that, that is, you know, what he noticed right away there. But then that made me start to really – because I've, I've had a project in my mind for a while now because this kind of turns into what we were talking about in the last episode, which was about the positive and the negative things. There's a lot of the pros in podcasting that are really – 
brought to light, which is something that is so wonderful about it. I mean, I love the medium as a whole, but nobody really gives you like the truth about the behind the scenes. And what I've been wanting to do is to interview interview people who have pot faded. That's really what I've been wanting to do. Ask them, why did you stop? Especially some of huh. them that were that were high profile. Some of them that you would imagine that were doing so good. Why did you quit? I find that interesting that you want to that you want to interview them. I totally want to know. And so, because this is what happened. So I went back, I do a feature on the Lips and blog every week for the past two years. I've had a, fe- just a feature, like a blog feature of like staple, you know, questions that's called the rock and lips and podcasts. And basically I just, anybody can, anybody can be featured. Like I don't have a whatever you want to be featured. The only thing is that you need to be hosted. Your files need to be hosted on Limson. And, um, that's cool. So I went back and I had, and I counted yesterday, 135 shows. And out of the 135 shows that I featured in the past two years, 23% have pod faded. So that it was like, it's like 31 of them no longer are producing. And out of those 31, more than half of those have stopped producing this year. And this is not, this is, these are not, um, just business podcasts. These are everything kind of stuff. Like they had comedy podcasts. We had like a food one. We had a music one. They had, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And it's incredibly interesting to me to see this, that it, it seems to be as a whole, I guess, from what Cliff experienced it, maybe from what I'm experiencing, it's sort of like around the 25% percentile of podcasters that start and pod fade. And I, I have a, a theory that it generally, you know, if it doesn't happen before the first 10 episodes, if it doesn't happen, then it's going to happen in the next year to year and a half because people push through to the, I have to make it that I saw that so many times when I was looking back, people who made it to the 100th episode, oh my God, they're so proud or to the one year of podcasting and they're so proud and they have their, you know, their uh, celebratory podcast. And then all of a sudden two episodes later, they pod faded. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, they finally made it and then they're done. So of course I pulled up iTunes. Of course. Of course you did. And I, and I started to look at the what's hot category, which I do every time we talk about stuff that's happening, like people who are in or out, just because I was curious to see, like, how many business podcasts are there right now that are, like, super similar, um, like, that are in the top or close to the, I mean, the top is always, like, the famous or people, right? And then... Um, and then, like, you know, like, Jamie Tardy, her show's not, you know, she only interviews millionaires, and, like, Suitcase Entrepreneur is different. Those are different. They're interview shows, but they're different. I don't know about School of Greatness. I mean, I, I guess it's different just because everyone he interviews is so super great, right? Yep. And then, like, I wouldn't know. And then, like, um, John's is a half hour. But I think it's the ones that we don't see in What's Hot. I think those are the ones. I think that's why I, when I look through here, I'm just like, I don't know. Are they different or are they the same? And like, if they are the same, I do know that I I know. Like, if I go to she podcasts, yeah, fine. Like in our own group. Um. So I know there's a lot in there, and I know that even just for my own, like Lady Business Radio, and then there's 
they're not always the same either. Like Natalie Actel has Biz Chicks podcast and Katie has um, Biz Women Rock. But they're different. Biz Women Rock is more like Entrepreneur on Fire. It's a half hour and there's specific questions. And Natalie, she's so much different than me. Like she's very laid back and kind of quiet. You know what I mean? They're both so different from me that it makes the show different. Even though the topics are similar. Yeah. So do I expect them to pod fade? Not really. They're doing fine, if not better. You know, just as good, if not better than me. Um. So it's kind of like, why does it happen, right? Why why is it happening, and is it happening because they're copycats, or is it just happening because podcasting is like hard? I think that's the key. <laughs> no, I'm it's serious. Like so hard, and it's not easy. It's really not easy. No, there's so much that I've had to. Um, there is so much that I've had to outsource, much yeah. more than I ever thought I would have to outsource because I just do not have. The time nor the wherewithal to do the tech involved, which I used to do by myself, um, for the show. I don't want, you know, you don't see Ellen editing her own show. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to do it either. So, uh, especially if somebody else can do it just as well, especially when I don't really edit. I just add bumpers, really. Yeah. Um, So, pod fading. I think that you absolutely hit it on the head there because it's hard. And because no matter what, there's a, like, it's never over. It's constantly coming. Like you always have a deadline. You always have to continue to put it out there. You always are getting the stuff together. That's all marketing. That's all, no matter what you do. True. You have to do that. You have to put out an email newsletter every week or you don't get clients. You have to put out tweets and social media and Facebook or or you disappear. You have to. I think what happens too with the with the pod, podcasting aspect of it is that there is an extra layer, which is the tech stuff that comes along with it, and that it actually takes your time. Where, especially if you're doing things like interview shows, you have to set up a diff like th- there has to be a complete difference to your lifestyle. Let's say I'm getting a blog post together. I can do that when I get up out of bed. Let's pretend I could do it in bed. I could do it on the go. I could even write a newsletter like fairly easily if I'm just sitting down and I really just crank it out. No matter what I'm doing, no matter what's happening in the middle of like, you know, cooking or something like that. Whereas if you're doing an interview, you have to be like, okay, I have to sit down. I got to do this. I got to meet. Or even with doing our stuff with you, we have to sit down. We have to get the time. We got to, we got to, it takes up space. It takes up time and you can't do anything else. (laughs) So I'll give you a confession. Okay. You want to hear, speaking of pod fading, my confession is that the ambition that I have for my show six months ago has not played out the way I've wanted it to play out in any way, shape, or form. Six huh. months ago, I decided I was going to have enough shows to last me through like March. Because I didn't, I you know, I assumed my due date and I would have a baby December 1st and I would want like three or four months of just shows in the bank, shows in the bag. I know Natalie Ekdahl did it. She interviewed her pregnant pants off and she had like two, she usually, I think she normally had like three shows. She went down to two shows a week, d- did all the interviews, finished it by 35, 36 weeks of pregnancy and she was done. And I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. It sounds awesome. And then 
I did a bunch of interviews and then, you know, I had like a whole bunch more scheduled. And then around the 30th week of pregnancy, I got high blood pressure. And I started to notice that if I did an interview right before my doctor's appointment, my blood pressure would be like through the roof. Not because I get stressed out, but like because I get excited all as well to talk to people and I'm all pumped up and then I go and have my blood pressure red and, and they're look at me like, oh my God, why are you not dead? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not good, right? Cause I mean, I, and I knew I, I know I get, um, pregnancy induced hypertension cause this is my third. So I already know that that's a problem. So I thought, okay. So I'm not going to do any more interviews because it's an hour-long time of me being maniacal. And I'm just going to do these little solo shows, right? So then I start the solo shows, and I think I've done like almost nine or, you know, I've done like eight or nine. And so then two, three weeks goes by, Elsie. And now the blood pressure has become such a problem that, like, I have to be on beta blockers because just the more pregnant you get, the hormones affect the more hormones you have, the more it affects everything. For those of you who are listening who have no intention of ever getting pregnant or have not been pregnant, sometimes your pregnancy hormones just do weird crap to your body that you have no control over. And this is one of those things. So, like, the more pregnant I am, the more hormones I have. The more hormones I have, the higher my blood pressure gets. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't relax more or go to the spa or sleep. Nothing. It's just going to be that way. So... Around the 33rd week, they decided to put me on beta blockers, which, you know, I've never been on those before because I'm not even 40, and that's an old man thing that people take, right? So uh, now that I'm on beta blockers, I'm exhausted. Oh, I can no. barely keep my eyes open because something that is supposed to lower your blood pressure makes you slothy. I'm slothy. So I'm trying to do solo shows because now I just want enough solo shows to go with the flipping interviews I already have, right? And I have probably till like January. So if I do one interview a week and then one solo show a week, I still need like, I don't know, I probably need like eight. And I have the topics and I can write the notes and then I sleep for like a couple of hours. And then I wake up and I'm like, I don't think I can do it without sounding like uh, the guy from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> So now I don't know what to do because I'm just like, I seriously don't know what to do because I'm like, all my dreams of having a show be seamless have flown right out the flipping window. And this is what we're talking about, right? Because it's hard because it's not just if I could just turn on the mic and rant and be done with it, it would be great. But I can't. I have to, I have to write out the show, make bullet points, say what I have to say. Write the social media, write the thing, do the graphic, then give it to my VA. And she has to, you know, set up a schedule. It's hard work. So either you have it in you to do the hard work or you do not. Yeah. That's and most it. of the time I do. I'm talking to you. That <laughs> seems to be okay. Yeah, but 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 I so completely far. agree. I mean, but listen to me. I'm all out of breath. I yeah. sound like a you know. I sound like the fat man at the circus. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like it does. It does all of those things that you mentioned is absolutely one hundred percent true. There comes a point when you oh, and this is that this is the topper. Sometimes you don't get the results that you're looking for, whatever that might be. Whatever that might be. Well, like if it the might... show's not good, you mean, or if what? Yeah, no, no, what meaning, results? meaning, um, download numbers, uh, feedback, 
uh, opt-ins, yeah. uh, comments, Anything. shares, h- high fives, whatever you think and I don't ca- that right. you should At be this point, looking for. I don't for. care about that. Well, I just want to be able to produce my own content without sleeping through it. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, but, I, yeah, I agree. But you're right. Even if I do at this point, even if I do get through the content, I have absolutely no designs on how successful it'll be because who cares? Right. <laughs> if no, I can even I, get it done, it'll be a miracle. Exactly. And see, this is this is what tends to happen. And so you start to work and then there comes a point in the podcaster's mind that it's like, oh my God, I just am running. I'm running. What have I done? Why am yeah. I running? Why yeah. don't I just stop? And then it what? becomes right. like, what am I doing? And then it becomes this right. thing where it's right. like, I just, you know what? I got to stop. And usually this is the mindset because I've seen it many times and I have gone through it because I'm basically pod faded with Elsie's yoga class, even though I have classes yes, in the can. that's right. It takes you have so, legitimately pod faded. Yeah, it's been like over a year since I, I produced forgot. it. And it's because I have given myself permission to not do it. I was putting so much pressure on myself and it was like, well, there's a hundred classes out there. I'm really not doing it out of the goodness of my heart. I'm not trying to do anything with it. I love it. I have great people that follow me. It's awesome. But in all honesty, I don't have the energy for it. I don't. And it's okay. Like after I let myself go, it's okay. The world did not end. Because that's the first thing that starts to feel. You start to feel about it. And then I started to feel guilty also because I let myself down. I'm pod fading and all of that stuff. But it actually made me be able to produce two other shows because of that. It opened yeah. me up to be able to take on the responsibility of other shows. Uh, and it also gave me the, the foresight to know what it really takes to do it. So my expectations when I started to do the feed for Lipson's podcast, I was not thinking we're going to get all kinds of download numbers. It was really just because we're, for God's sake, we're a podcast company. We need to have a podcast. We need to talk about what we do for our podcasters. It's like, duh. And so basically it just became another avenue of conversation, another avenue for reaching people. And I also knew that the consistency of this needed, needed to happen. So I made sure that I was able to get it done. I made sure that I was able to do that. And so, yeah, it takes me between eight and 15 hours to produce that show every two weeks. Yeah. But... I have a workflow set up to be able to follow through. And I have a co-host who happens to be incredibly knowledgeable. So I basically bounce off of the things that he brings to the table. And I think it's fabulous. And I also made sure that at the beginning of the show, I have a format. So meaning every, you know, at the beginning, there's always an intro. I always say about the same thing. I give like really quick bullet points of what the show's about. And then I read, um, you know, some of, not read the articles, but basically share what's going on on the Libsyn blog. And after that, I tell people how to contact uh, Libsyn to be uh, featured as a promo or as a Rock and Libsyn podcast. And then we go into the conversation with Rob and I. So it's very structured. I, it's not like, you know, we get in, in their show notes are also very structured. And that makes me have, be able to do it. Um, so... I don't know. It's it. All I know is that it's super, super hard. And even we just talked about it, Rob and I, on the last on the last episode as well. He, what Rob does is whenever somebody, how cool is he, or how scary he is, that he, whenever somebody closes a Libsyn account, he emails them and he asks why in a really nice way. You know, just like, 
hey, you know, we see that you closed your account. Why did you close it? And the majority of people, these are the responses. One of them is, I don't have enough money anymore, or I can't afford to keep it open anymore, because these are like, I guess, more indie podcasters and stuff, to keep a Libsyn account going, and it's just time to, you know, it's time to go. And the other one is because they just don't have time or energy to continue anymore. And usually it's like, you guys are awesome, your service is great, but I just, I had to quit. And one of them was a very successful podcaster who had quite a bit of download numbers. He just had to give it up because it was too much. It was too much hard, too hard for him. That was his yeah. response. So it's not hard. Know. It just has to be a priority. I mean, and look, and, I mean, like, you know, what's funny is that like, since we've been talking, yeah, I looked up some of the podcasts that started at the beginning of the year that I still stupidly sometimes recommend mm-hmm. that have pod faded oh. women who are in our group. One hasn't had a show since July 4th, um, a business show. One who has not since September 23rd. That's not too and, bad though. That's like, well, that's a month. this is November. Well, it's Come just on. the beginning of November. Well, mid November. Take, all right. No, she skipped the whole month of October. That's unacceptable. Uh, and then one who was in not just regular business or self-help or whatever no, new and noteworthy, but new and noteworthy of all iTunes, like big deal new and noteworthy, who um, she did, she was doing like every two days until – September, then she did the 4th and then the 29th, and then she did October 24th. That's a fade. That's a, I smell a fade right there. (laughs) Yep. You know, that's a fade happening as we speak. And so it's like, um, but that show's only a 10 minute show. And again, it started with a huge audience because she was featured early and, and on the main page of iTunes, she had a huge audience right away. So is it really because it's hard or is it just because it's not a priority? And the other it doesn't thing have to, to be that hard. Well, the thing is, it's like there are, I, I believe, those newbies, the ones that you're talking about, have expectations of numbers and what, what, what the reality of the output is to whatever you're receiving and what's coming up. I don't ever see this like, you know, I'm going to start a podcast and I expect X amount of downloads or I expect you and Noteworthy or I expect uh, this level of engagement or whatever. It really is sort of, it really is like building a house or, or it is building something much bigger than just putting the shows out there. So just because you have 10 shows in the can and you know, you're, you're cranking things out like a crazy person, doesn't mean that you're going to get the response that you wish that you would get. It requires a lot. And usually it's it's not until now after now the the feed has been on for over a year. It's now that we've gotten a pretty decent foundation uh, mm-hmm. in terms of download numbers as well as having people put us in the podcast for podcasting category when they tell people to listen to podcasts. Yeah. You know, because that's really big. That's not something that you can start to tell people. So we've gotten a lot of really fantastic feedback about us, but we're still being, we're right now at the cusp 
of discovery in the niche that we're in right now. And so it's been like consistent top-notch content for over a year. So it's, it's hard to be able to get to the space and then go like, I don't know if it's worth me putting all that amount of time in to be able to put that stuff in. That's why people pod fade. I don't think that people understand, especially new producers, what it really takes to follow through on this stuff consistently. Uh, oh, I have to re- return an email now that I just think about it. I had somebody else reach out to me and, you know, he, he basically said about the same thing. He was like, I'm not sure where I want this to go. I don't exactly know. Um, now that I'm doing this, I don't, he's having like a sort of like an identity crisis with his podcast because he doesn't see the, um, the payoff. And it's not that he wants to make money off his podcast. It's just that the amount of energy and time that he's putting into it just seems like it's, there seems something seems out of balance. So, you know, then maybe we should talk about what you need in order to get payoff. What exactly do you need in order to have a payoff? What exactly is a payoff? Because what you expect to get as a payoff and what you may actually be getting as a payoff are different. Like, let me, hold on. Let me go on my stats here because they're modest. They're not, I don't have JLD stats by any, any means. Um, oh, I did have quite a lot of downloads in October. Why would that be? I wonder. My, my, it went up like 2000. How bizarre. I'm just saying that's weird because I usually get a consistent like 1200 a week. Right. So if it goes, <laughs> no, I mean it. I didn't start that way, but right. I'm saying when it goes up, when it's when it's when it's really a, a big difference over that, it makes me nervous almost. Right. Um, anyway, like there's something wrong if it's too good, right? I know that's how I always Talk think about that. Self sabotage. No, I me. I always think that. <laughs> I do agree with. I, Something's I, wrong. Did I get six thousand last month? No. What's wrong with the stats? <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that I'm growing because that would be impossible. I tend to go that direction as well, though. I do. Okay. So but when I first started, all right, let me look and see if I can see like the first, do they not give that to me anymore? Um, the first couple months when it was like, I don't know, like 500 a month or something like that. I mean, and I feel like I've said this before, like what should the payoff be? The payoff should be that, okay, is it, is it enough that someone is listening is it enough that 50 people listen per episode? Let's think about 50 people. If you have a party with 50, if you go to a restaurant and buy 50 people dinner, it's pretty expensive, right? If you have a wedding with 50 people, that's a little small, right? So then you say, okay, so then, all right, so 100 people, 150 people. Now you're talking about, you know, like bigger than a college class. If Let's say they've all listened to your show and they all listen on a consistent people. That's 150 people listening, even if your show is, let's say, once a week. So that's like 600 a month. It's modest. But it's 600 downloads. It's 150 people that are like, I have to listen to this show. I mean, do you, do you, do you just say, well, screw those 150 people? I mean, what if you were a professor in college? Would you do that if only 150 people signed up for your class instead of 6,000? Yeah, right. Or do you teach it? Mm-hmm. Does it matter if it's 150 or 6,000? I think it does. I think you teach that class. 
Because then those people graduate and they leave your classroom and they go, this is like the best class. Exactly. You, you, you got you to gotta listen to me on this class. It's the you, craziest class. You have to. You, and that, and I, I completely agree with that. Do you know how many times for yoga I used to wake up at a – I had to teach a 7.30 a.m. class and I'd have like one or two people show up to that class? Yeah. It was like – it was disheartening at first. But then at the same time, it was like these people came over here to be with me. And it was yeah. because of the consistency and the focus and the attention that I gave to like one or two people just like that, that I started to build my following into bigger and bigger and bigger. And some of those people who showed up when I was teaching just one or two people are like my biggest fans now. And they constantly follow me and they're constantly, you know, share everything that I'm doing. And it's, and it doesn't, and, and everything that I'm doing, period. It's not everything I'm doing for yoga. It's yeah. everything that I'm doing, period. Right. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's for some reason, for some reason, there's a disconnect between people getting download numbers and seeing them as downloads only without thinking of people. Well, and then there's another part of it. So let's just say you have the 600 downloads, which are, by the way, the same 150 people every week. Downloads and people are different. We know that. I may have 6,000 downloads in October, but th- what is that? It probably consists of like... I mean, if I have eight shows, it's probably, you know, 700 people consistently listening to the same shows, right? Maybe. It doesn't matter. I don't care. But the point is, I'm just saying, like, it's not 6,000 people. It's 6,000 downloads. I know that. But but the point is, um, that's not even the payoff. The downloads are not even the payoff. And neither is the advertiser and neither is the 250 or however many dollars worth of advertising dollars that you or I get per month. It's the fact that like because someone has listened, they have now emailed me and said, I heard this and it made a huge difference to me. Or I heard this and I really want to work with you. Or I heard this and I can't believe how good you are at interviewing. Like how did you learn how to do that? Or I heard this. And now when someone asks me what podcast to listen to, yours is the only one that I recommend or the first one that I recommend or even on the list of the ones that I recommend. That is payoff. And you can't get payoff like that if you just stop doing it after 10. I mean, how many times do you do you think somebody is going to become – you can't have three shows. They're not going to listen to three and keep you – uh, in their head as one of the best podcasts they've ever listened to, or even five. If you have faded, and I, let me go back to what's hot and see, like, this girl had 19 shows, June to October. Who's going to remember her at Christmas? <laughs> what if I've only listened to three? They're 10 minutes long. Yeah. Is she going to be on the first tip of my tongue? You've got to listen to this one? No, because she doesn't do it consistently enough. And so now because she's fade, it's, she's mid-fade, I'm midway to forgotten about her completely. I just happen to remember because, you know, because it just so happens that she asked me a bunch of questions about getting it up. And I, once people ask me, how do I get my show up? I have a vested interest in seeing if it stays up kind of. So yeah, like no, I was, that's what. Yeah, I was curious. Yeah, but I'm totally. the only one apparently that's curious. And same and same with like this other one. Um, and you're yeah, I mean, it seems like I mean she could still come back. She skipped October, but you're totally right. Like it was it was a bunch in April, 
weekly in May, weekly, you know, two in June, two and three in, you know, weekly in July, three in August. It's not consistent, though. And I guess what I'm saying is now it hasn't been since September 23rd again. Like, are you going to recommend that show Christmas time? I haven't had a new one in 30 days. I've moved on. I'm on to serial now. I'm listening to This American Life. Yeah. I don't care about this chick anymore because there's a hundred coming out every day. They are. And this is what, this is the whole, this is the whole point. You don't get, you don't seep into your listener's life if you fade. There are times when you do make a big, you make a big splash. Like a splash, And you know what I mean? And then you remember like two or three shows that really struck you, that really got to you, right? And even people like, let's say, people who are listening to She Podcasts, and let's say they started listening to us and life got in the way and they haven't been listening to our podcast in a while. But, you know, our show made an impact on them and they can still come back in and go like, Oh yeah, she podcasts. Let me see how they're doing. And I guarantee you they're going to listen back and go like, "Oh, thank God. It's like it's this, they're still on." And they'll come back. That's what I do so many different times. When I have podcasts yeah. that I adore and I love and they've really struck me and there's times when I just don't listen to them because you know, you don't watch the same shows. What do you do with TV? You know, sometimes you're like really into a show, then you stop watching it. Maybe sometimes you're binging on a specific type of movie and now you're really into romances or whatever. But you always remember and you always come back to it. And that's what's so fantastic about podcasts. And it's... Yeah, whatever happened to this person Exactly. And then when you come back and they're still there, there's something really exciting about that. Because when you come back, you can catch up. Like an old friend, you can go back yeah. from the, you know, you follow the journey of them coming through it. It's, it's really, really great. Now, whenever you start to pod fade, it's really heartbreaking because there's a lot of times and there's a couple of, 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 um, of people that I've seen that have disappeared that whose podcast I really, really loved and I really, really enjoyed. And I'm sad that they're gone. This is somebody also, you know, that I'm not even gone forever. I don't know, but it's somebody that I invested time in as well, just like you, Jess, where lots of advice, lots of like handholding, lots of real keyed insight and lots of preaching because of the fact that I felt there was too much focus on numbers. And I could see that whatever that payoff was that they were looking for is not the one that they got. So it's uh, kind of sad. For some people, the payoff... Like the payoff I got can't be the same payoff as what everyone else is going to get because like I'm an okay writer. I'm an okay blogger. Um, I, I tend to write things and say things that are, you know, I, I work, have to work extra hard in the written word to be attention grabbing. I don't have to work that hard when I'm on the microphone to do that. Cause I, um, I don't know. Like I think I, I naturally just, I'm more able to, well, not this particular moment because I'm not being very eloquent, but do you know what I mean? Like I, I can easily, I can more easily stand out speaking than I can writing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. Agreed. And so, um, I have to work extra hard when I'm writing an email or a blog post to be different. I have to say something, you know, you have to be like Lena Dunham, right? Right. I have to be like a brilliant genius with shocking words and, um, pushing boundaries, et cetera, in order to stand out. I don't have to do that on the microphone because I'm I, I'm noisier and I'm eloquent or I, the, I, the way I phrase the things that I say maybe are more unique anyway. So um, 
for me, one of the biggest payoffs has been, has just been, I think because I have a podcast, like people remember me, I'm more noticed than I was before. I'm more on the radar than I was before because I couldn't break through that just like everybody else thing. And so I don't know if that's the case for everybody when they podcast, and that's probably a good reason to pod fade, especially if your show is a copycat of other shows, because if you ask the same questions every time, your personality is never going to come out, ever. You are just a question-asking baseball pitcher. You touch the button, it turns on, <laughs> kapoom, what's this? Kapoom, what's that? Kapoom, what's that? Right? That's all you are. Right, right. You are literally pitching baseballs at every single batter. You might, you're the batting cage. That's yep, it. That's it. So, so it's like um, you're not going to get payoff if you're the batting cage. You can't. You can't. So – um, in or, you can, but you can stand out even if you're interviewing somebody else. It's not that hard. You just have to be a person and not be so prepared and we'll so short on time. Totally, but if, and, yeah. and, and not to cut you off there, but but that's no, the whole okay. point. The whole Please point do. is that when you when you <laughs> when you start to do that kind of stuff, the preparation and all that stuff, the way that you stand out is by doing it for a longer period of time so that you feel like you don't have training wheels anymore. Yeah. That's one of the biggest the biggest things that I have found as well is because you you start when you first start it feels awkward. It feels bizarro. It feels like you don't really quite know what to say. And I and, and no matter how much you study no matter how many courses you take about all of these different things, whether it be voice work, whether it be interview stuff, whether it be courses like yours, Jess, it's, it, yeah. it, there's one thing to be able to get it in your head and for you to really put this all in your head. And then there's another thing for you to actually get behind a mic and do it. I mean, yeah. it's, that's the only way that you'll start to be able to put your learnings into action and also develop your own way of doing things and being yourself. So it's like at first, you know, as a teacher, as a yoga teacher too, it's like our teachers actually told us, copy this, say it like this, do say these three sentences to get the students to do the stuff. And then you'll develop your own voice. And it was totally true. At first it was like word for word, almost what my teacher said in class. And then all of a sudden it started to come out really easily. But the only way that it did that is after I taught hundreds and thousands of hours of yoga. Yeah. But <laughs> you, you know? know, part of it also is the, re- I mean, yeah, but it's also researching each guest kind of like the Chris Brogan thing, like dear podcaster, please don't make me repeat how I got into what I'm doing. Again, if you haven't read how I got into what I'm doing, don't waste my time. Don't ask me to be on your show. And cause it's kind of right. And like, I wanted to give the example of like interviewing you, for example, else like, like yeah. you, like, you and I know each other, and that's true, but you can also consider that having done research. Like, let's just say I wanted to have you on Elsie, you're my friend. Please come on Lady Business Radio. You say okay. What a waste of our relationship if I said, tell me how you got into podcasting. <laughs> tell me your definition of success. What's your favorite entrepreneurial book? What a waste. Right. What I really want to know is, why are you such a podcasting evangelist? Right. That's what I want to know. Like, what, you know, like, what, what, how can you, a yogi, you know, like, you know, what, did you ever think 
you were going to be into tech. I mean, like you, you're like a meditating cotton wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like what a, what a flipping waste of a half hour. If I asked you your favorite book, right? How stupid. Because I know you, right. You know, like, I mean, because I, not just because I know you, but because those questions aren't even remotely the most interesting thing about you. And I should already know that. And sticking to the format robs you of the ability of being interesting. And it robs the audience the ability of listening to something interesting. Right. And so for those of you who have interviews, shows with the same questions over and over again, that is exactly what you're doing to your guests and what you're doing to your audience. You don't, you can bother researching, but if you're still going to ask them the same questions, what is the difference? Who cares if you even do the research? (laughs) Why bother? Well, because you know what? You're right. There are some questions that it it makes you feel good because you kind of want to know what those questions are and it depends on what those questions are. And yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get how how having certain questions can really um, open up the conversation at times, and then sometimes it can do exactly what you're saying because there's a there's a line in between all those those things, and you have to know why you're asking those questions. Because if you want to really know what kind of entrepreneurial book I read, you know, because you really because you really want to. Don't tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you. But what I'm saying is, like, if you really <laughs> wanted to know. That would yeah. be a really great question. I mean, if you just really wanted to know what I was reading, it would be a great question. But I if want you're... to know what you're reading, but not if it pertains to business. I right. just want to know what you like to read. Yeah. <laughs> See that? That will be really good. Period. So, but at the same time, it's like you can – I think that that's super important. I really love um, – uh, Tim Ferriss uses uh, questions in this way. He has a certain – he has like a couple questions that he asks almost every person. I can't really actually remember what they are, but he puts the, he kind of interrupts them into into very interesting parts of the conversation. So they're yeah. not always like, let's start our interview by asking these two questions, which is what I always ask from people, right? And yeah. actually, Rob Walsh used. I think two questions where he opened podcast 411, which is his podcast, always the same. And it was really great, but it never finished the same. So the first question was like, what was your first computer? I think, uh, I think that, or maybe ah. that was the only question that he asked. I remember. Question. And so Depending it was a, on how old the person is. Exactly. The they're really, really cool answers, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and so I really, I was prepared for that. I was prepared to get that question from him. But after he yeah. had that initial question, then it, then the floor opened up. So it was like, it was sort of like if you knew his podcast, it, it made you feel comfortable because, yeah. because that was always the same, the first question. And it was always a fun answer because everybody had some really intriguing answers. And then after that, it just continued, you know, it went on to whatever the conversation was about. Yeah. So yeah, oh, we'll see. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. I mean, I do. I want to say this about John Lee Dumas too, because people say they're you know that this format copies him. Having been on his show, I can tell you, um, it may sound like that's what he's doing, but he may edit it to sound like that because when you're actually being interviewed. If it goes off in a different direction, he takes it in that different direction. He doesn't. He does. He does bring it back to his questions, but it's not so rigid that he'll interrupt and go back and and like be off topic and be like, 
okay, so if you had $500 or whatever, like it's not, it's really not like that. Um, cause there were a couple times when, um, I answered his question, but it would go off in a different direction. He kind of just like takes it there. He's a much better interviewer than I think he may edit some parts of that out almost. If that makes sense. Maybe not to his benefit, but <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it didn't feel rigid when I was being interviewed. Right. And, and I don't listen and I don't listen. I didn't listen to the final result and, um, and I don't listen on a regular basis just cause I, I don't really listen to podcasts that much period. But like, I'm just saying, I don't know if it turned out formulaic, my interview with him, it is on there somewhere, but like. I'm saying when it's happening, it doesn't feel formulaic, even though you hear that it is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make um, sense. It yeah. does make sense. So he's actually a much better interviewer than I think other people give him credit for. And he may, and may also just because he's editing that out, which is not – maybe not the best idea. But he's learning too. We're all just learning. Um, the other thing I was going to say is about um, – inter- about questions and being consistent and having a format. Like a lot of times I start my interviews. I don't ask like, so tell me how you get into this or that. But I have a roundabout way of asking. A lot of times I ask what people studied in college because it's almost never what they do now. And so the reason I ask is because like sometimes it's like fashion merchandising, right? And then I'm just like, so how did you get from there? To having your own business in, you know, in Facebook or, you know, how did you get from studying that? And then I get to hear all the different goofy jobs they've had and all the failures that have happened between then and now. That's what I'm going for, you know, is like that is like that meat and potato. But um, when you ask someone like, how did you get started in your business? They really start by telling you. Like, well, I started my business in 2004 because I saw a need for this or that. But that's not really what's interesting. What's interesting is what came before that, I think. The failure, the realization that you can't do what you were doing anymore or that your talent is really this instead. That's the stuff that's good, I think. See, that's – I think that that's – those are fantastic questions. They're open – but they're open-ended, you know. And, right. And there's something – but that's the difference, I yeah. think, between having a formula that works and pulling out and having an interview that lets people, you know, I think that's the difference to what Chris Brogan was trying to say. Like, don't make me say the same crap again. Yeah, right. So so if he told me, like, oh, I studied English, I was an English major in, in college. Right. Well, I mean, what can you do with that besides being an English teacher? So then I want to know, well, what were you going to do with that? Right. Why didn't you? Mm-hmm. that's interesting to me, you know, and probably it would be a lot more interesting for him than I started human business works in 2008 when Facebook came out. I mean, again, really, I totally get what he was saying when he was like, stop telling, you know, do your research for the love of God. And plus there's been, no, you're right. There's so much interesting things about people. That's going back again to the Susan Bratton thing. Um, this, when mm-hmm. we were talking about the interviews and interview sources, I think a while back, one of the things that I learned from her was the fact that she really did a lot of research from people and she taught you or she kind of gave ideas as to how to get deeper into people's um, 
information that they have online. Yeah. Not so much so that you can then recount their life story to them, but so that you'd be informed enough to, let's say like, okay, so Chris Brogan just like ran the Spartan race. And I don't know if you've ever known about the Spartan race. And I just happened to have heard, it's so funny, um, Tim Ferriss interviewed the guy who started the Spartan race and I had never heard of it. And so I knew what was in, it, it, what, what, what it needed, what, 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 what they went through basically to train yeah, for this yeah, thing. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my God, I would talk about the Spartan race the entire time. That conversation in business as a whole would be like a huge thing. That didn't yes. happen until just like last month or so. And he's training for the next one, which is a really, really tough one too. And so uh, for me, that's like a hugely intriguing thing, which could lead to an array of conversations that have everything to do with being an entrepreneur, everything to do with being creative, everything to do with being for everything, being a freak, what what he stands for. So it's not about how did you begin? It's about like how it's the whole, how do you did, you do it so wonderfully to be able to bring the bits and pieces of everything thing so that you can then put it together and you can get a, a holistic view of how people do business or how people live their lives, even if it's not about doing business. And especially with, you know, with History Chicks and um, the other, one of our other She Podcast members and stuff, to be able to see something from a variety of different perspectives and points of view in an in-depth way so that you don't see history figures, female figures in the same way. And you hear about figures that you've never even knew existed. Like um, I think the last one that she mentioned was like some woman who who rode faster than Paul Reveal that, Revere that you've never heard of before. I think that, like that's super interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know there was a woman riding a horse faster than so i think so i think the so i think i guess the point for me and what i'm trying to get at if you have set amount of questions that you ask every guest i want you to look at the questions and then i want you to i want you to like write down next to the question somehow like what is it you really want to know it and then i want you to i want you to Write down whether or not when you ask this question, you're getting the answer to what you really want to know or are you getting the answer to the question, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So like so like when you ask someone, what's your favorite entrepreneurial book, don't you really want to know like who or what has inspired you? Yeah. Or what book has made the biggest impact on your business so far or – is there a book that you can contribute your success to? Or is there a book that made you feel like you could actually do this thing? Or, I mean, ask that. Mm-hmm. Not what your favorite book You know, if you're not getting the answer to what you really want to know, but you are getting the answer to the question, you have to change that question. It's not the best question. Or, like, sometimes people will ask, like, what's your favorite tool, your favorite, like, piece of software? And most people are going to say, like, Evernote, probably, right? But but then then you must get sick of hearing the same crap every time. So then it's like, okay, what do you really want to know? I really want to know what helps people manage their time the best. Ask that. Yeah. Right? And Not plus ask – You know, that's going to be different every time. Absolutely. And I think that there's also deeper questions that you can ask based upon that because it is about how, you know, time, what you were talking about, time management and also workflows because there's a lot of people who use tools in ways that you didn't even know could be used. 
And, yeah. and that's like so weird Ask to me. that. Exactly. Like how. What's a tool that you use differently than what other people use it exactly. for? Exactly. Totally. That's a great question. Yay. As a matter of me, fact. Feel free to steal that. Feel free, everybody. Yes, for me. I'm going to give you permission. So, um, <laughs> no, but anyway. Did so we exhaust this topic? I think we've exhausted <sighs> it and, oh my God, gotten so found out. So why, so if you're considering on pod fading, no, honestly, if you're considering pod fading, all of you guys that are listening, why? Like, just give us, give us the reality of it. We would love to really talk about why? Because this is a very, yeah. it's very important for us to address this and not to continue to see things like, hey, you know, podcasting is great as a platform, plat- you know, you'll be an expert. Nobody really talks about the reality of it. It's kind of like being a mother. And so it's like, so talk about all this stuff that's hard so that we can ex- address those issues when we come together and talk with you guys about this. Because we do have a little something that's coming up very, very soon. Uh, in February. So this will be really great yeah. fodder for us to address all of those things that are perhaps, you know, dimming your fire, which is exactly why I'm doing the workshop that started two days ago um, that you can still sign up for if you want to join late in the game um, to be able to do it as well, because we do address some of those things that are deeper than you think. And it's not about what course you're going to do next. That's going to give you tactics of right. how to do all this stuff. It's not about that. So I'm going to yeah. tell you a secret. Okay. As passionate I am as I am about getting women started and and on their show and doing a good show, and I'm very passionate about making sure that they're happy and that their shows give them the benefits that they want. Whenever I see a a show fade, I'm a little happy because it means more audience for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm that competitive. Oh my god. It's true. Does that make me a bad person? No. I'm not I can't lie. I'm not gonna lie about it. Every time I see a spe- like a business one. Yeah. And so when Cliff posted like thirteen out of fifty of them have stopped, I was like, Good. <laughs> they probably sucked. And then mine will just have that much more audience. That's probably why my stats went up. <laughs> They're like my favorite <laughs> podcast pod faded. Let's go to this one. <laughs> Because of you pod faders. Thank you. I just want to thank you. Oh, my God. That sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, no, I do want to help you keep your show alive if you're passionate about it. But Absolutely. if you're not and your show's crappy, then just send them my way. Yeah. We, yeah. So, um, but anyway, so now we're, yeah. if you have any, fee- all your feedback that you might have for any of the comments. Oh that my we God. Have, I can't wait to hear it. Email them over to feedback at shepodcast.com or you can comment on the Facebook group, um, or send us audio feedback. We haven't gotten yes. audio feedback in a while, which would, nope. you could still do it over at feedback at shepodcast.com. So we look forward yes. to hearing from you all and, um, happy. Shepodcast.com actually has a way where you can leave us. Um, audio. And then also, if you want to join the group and you're not in it yet, shepodcast.com forward slash group. Yep. And we also have now a, a, a unique name on in Facebook, too. I think it's, some, you know, facebook.com slash group slash shepodcast. Is it? Yeah. I changed it. I didn't know right you now. could. Who knew that? I didn't know you could either. That's awesome. I know. So anyway. Right on. Um, well, good. Well, thank you. And um, happy mommying, um, Jess. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, yeah, I'm sure I have my new Bambino, but I, I can't possibly disappear because it would be the opposite of my instincts and personality. So, so totally, totally. Um, so I will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.
Resurrection.